Hi, I'm Megan Skidmore, and this is the Beyond the Shadow of Doubt. I'm a woman, daughter, sister, spouse, mother, life coach, and person of faith on a mission to normalize asking questions and allowing doubts, not only in a faith journey, but in all aspects of life. Join me in bringing this traditionally taboo topic out of the shadows of shame and into the light. I'm a firm believer that we normalize through more talking and engaging in discussion. More talking peels back, exposes, and erases the layers of shame associated with questions and doubts. When we're more authentic about our journey, we are more powerful because shame has no power in the face of authenticity. I am so excited to share with you that the Love Loud Music Festival is coming to the Lone Star State. Founded in 2017 by Dan Reynolds, Love Loud is a catalyst to bring communities and families together to help ignite the vital conversation about what it means to unconditionally love our LGBTQ friends and family. Love Loud offers hope to people, letting them know they're not alone and encouraging acceptance in the home and community. It all begins with talking, sharing, and showing the realities of what LGBTQ individuals face daily. If you are in Texas and interested in volunteering along with me and some of your fellow Texans, please reach out and I will connect you with the right person. I would love to stand side by side and serve along with you. More information is on their website, which I have listed in the show notes. So uh, you mentioned that when you started your Instagram account, you were not as outspoken of an ally in the beginning and that it was even an, an anonymous account at first, but then you became more vocal. And then obviously when word members found you, it was no longer anonymous. I have noticed very much in your posts that you are a very staunch, fierce ally. And I, I'd love to hear a little bit more about that evolution and where, where that's come from or that, that journey for you. Um, if I rem- so thank you. I remember the first time I really, I mean, as I said, growing up, I felt like me and my family really fit in the box, fit the mold. And so it isn't how my LGBTQ plus siblings or, you know, um, fellow congregants felt isn't Unfortunately, I hate to admit, isn't something that I had given a whole lot of thought to um, for a large part of my life. It's just not something, it's not something that I've thought about, which breaks mm-hmm. my heart to think because I know now that there were people, um, not in my immediate friend group, but kind of more extended friend group who uh, have come out later that I, I just wish, I just wish I would have been aware and that I, um, and that I could have done something. Um, but I remember when we were living in Utah, I met a wonderful person who will remain nameless in my ward, who we moved there apparently after he and his um, wife had gotten divorced. She moved away, he stayed there, and it was because he was gay. Um, okay. And um, I remember going to, I remember sitting in Sunday school and hearing 
him just share some really heartfelt thoughts. I don't even remember necessarily what I said, but I do remember thinking we need to invite him over for dinner. And mm-hmm. that was really weird because I am not, <laughs> I am not, we are not the kind of family that just invites people over for dinner. Um, it's not that we don't like people. We're just, we just kind of do our own thing. So he came over and we learned through the course of that conversation that he was gay because I, I think he was out, but not super publicly. And he just expressed how much it meant to him that we would invite him over when we, um, with, with everything that had happened. And, and I remember getting to know him more and I, he, he was, he is one of the most Christ-like people that I know. He is so kind to everybody. And mm-hmm. I remember that was the first time I really felt this pull between this is a person that wants to desperately to be involved with the church and is a spiritual person. And to me, seems like a Christ-like person and has a relationship with his heavenly parents, but there's this, but he's gay. And I've been, I feel like I have been taught that those two things um, are mutually exclusive. Yeah. Can't, can't, can't coexist. Yeah. And I, I hate to even, I hate to even say that because that is absolutely not true. And I know you know that, and I know I that now. Yes. Um, but just to make sure that everybody else who's listening knows yes. that that is not true. I just remember thinking, he, he wants desperately to be here, but he feels like he can't be. Who's going to do something about this? I unfortunately at the time didn't. We moved from the ward not too, or we went into the pandemic not too long after that, and was at home church. Um, but I thought about that a lot, and and I realized that there had to be so many more people who, for whatever reason, whether they were LGBTQ plus or other reasons, want to be at church but don't feel but don't feel welcome, and that that should just. As I read the New Testament and other scriptures, I just know that that should never be the case. But I also knew that the church I go to doesn't doesn't have the most inclusive things taught um, through official channels, um, or at least the way that they are taught doesn't always help people feel safe and welcome. Yeah. So I started the Instagram account because um, I remember... Uh, I started teaching seminary and I realized that kids seeing, um, I knew for sure that there were a couple of LG, well, I shouldn't say that. I know statistically that there was likely 20% of my class of 20 individuals would be LGBTQ plus, right? So tell us one in five. Yeah. Yes. So in my mind, I'm thinking there is for sure one LGBTQ plus child in my class, mm-hmm. potentially four or five or more. And my goal in being their seminary teacher is to help them to know that they are loved and that they are welcome at church and that they can have a relationship with their heavenly parents and that there's nothing absolutely, that there is something beautiful about being LGBTQ plus. Um, and that anything that they've heard that goes against that is absolutely not true. And I remember having a couple of conversations with students after class or whatever, not even specifically about being LGBTQ+, but just about where 
in, during lessons where we had really emphasized God's love for everybody, students would come up and tell us how much that meant to them. And I just, I had this realization that, and one particular person said, I've never, I've, I've never understood God's love like this before, just how infinite, how big, how perfect it is for everybody, no matter what they're going through, no wow. matter who they are. And I just thought, what a tragedy that somebody could go to church every week for the first 15 years of their life and not, and not, and not ever feel God's love for them. That is harrowing. It is. And I, and I just thought I have to do something. I have to do something. I have this class of 20 kids, but in the church, there's thousands and thousands. And how many of them are afraid that God doesn't love them? And, and, and the thought just, the thought just kept me up at night. I just, I just, I, I couldn't sleep um, because because of how because of how much that hurt, and so yeah. decided to start the Instagram account to, because that's the only thing I could think of to do. I didn't, you know, I, I, I how do I how do I tell more people than these twenty people in my seminary class? Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's and that's all I could think of. Definitely, yeah. and so I started the Instagram account and through that have been able to have so many beautiful conversations with so many people, um, so many specifically LGBTQ plus individuals. And I have loved hearing from them about experiences they've had when they could feel their heavenly parents tell them that they are loved exactly how they are. Um, Amazing. It is. Just it is amazing what an ally you are that's just there's no words you're telling you're you're speaking out loud things these kids have are probably hearing the first time and understanding the first time just like that student came up and shared with you so god bless you jeff we need Thank more you. we need more jeffs <laughs> Well, I don't, out there or at least stone uh, catchers <laughs> i love your stone catcher um campaign and i would add as well um uh, i have your bracelet <laughs> and am, yeah, i've got eat. mine on too <laughs> anybody can get those or at least when you have them in stock um just a little yep. plug there yep i've got them all um Thank right you. now yeah yeah so and I, I i love that as well stone catchers um yeah. Um, as you know, was I was thinking about starting the Instagram account. I remember trying to. Th I wanted it to be LDS, right? Because I wanted people who were members of the church um, that I go to to know. I, I recognized that maybe some of the messages might be people might not assume that I was a member of the LDS church um, because I'd be sharing things a little bit different than maybe what they'd heard in the mm -hmm. past. And so I wanted it to be LDS, which you know, I maybe yeah. sounds a little bit silly, but so I remember we were brainstorming ideas, and it was. Latter day salt, like be the salt of the earth. And then I can't remember what the other <laughs> one was. Great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah huh? And then there was latter day or salty. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Sometimes it doesn't be a little totally salty. Kidding. I'm totally <laughs> I kidding. No, it's funny. I like that. Um I try not to, but man, sometimes I just can't help it. And so my sister actually had the idea. She remembered the quote from Dale G. Remnant about being stone catchers. And she said, mm -hmm. What about Latter day Stone Catcher? I that's said, That's it. That is perfect. That's, 
that's totally it. So, yep, that's that's where the Instagram account. Love it. Yep. Love it so much. We are communal people as humans, right? And we all long for true connection. And I am of the belief in order to do that, we have to be able to be our authentic selves. Otherwise, it's a fabrication of who we are that we're presenting to others. That's not a real genuine connection, right? But there are certain ingredients that are needed. And I, and by that, I mean, you know, creating safe spaces, having open dialogue, you know, communication, um, just allowing, you know, giving yourself or others permission to ask questions and have doubts. I would love to know in your experience, in your expertise, you've been on this journey for quite a while. What does that look like for you? If someone were to say, okay, what can we do in our congregation to have a more welcoming, open space to have these open conversations? Oh, <laughs> um, or, or maybe a way to even say it is how you, you mentioned how this time around you were more comfortable being you versus eight years ago. Like how, how do you cultivate that authenticity? I think, so I think one thing that's been really important for me personally is realizing that my relationship with my heavenly parents is what matters most. And I feel like if that relationship is good, then, you know, yeah. not that I'm going to try to destroy other relationships, but I'm, I'm um, having a good authentic relationship with the divine feels so good to me that I just want others to be able to have that same experience to know that they don't have to pretend to be something that they're not or to believe something that they don't or or to not believe something that they do um, in order to have a relationship with the yeah. divine um and oh. I, I mean yeah and it's it's such a hard thing to do in um it's, it's it's such a hard thing to do because whether we believe it or not, every person within our pews at church believes something a little bit different. Maybe some things a lot different, but everything's a little bit different. And for whatever reason, we get really hung up on certain differences, and we just we just need to not do that. We just need to not do that. And it's 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 a hard thing for me to talk about because I feel like sometimes those that are most aware of differences and not trying to make a big deal about them are often the ones who are who feel like they're being pushed out because of the way they think about or approach yeah. things isn't in line with the majority. And I think that that's really, really unfortunate. Um, you know, it shouldn't. Yeah. It sh it shouldn't it shouldn't be that way but yeah i think we, yeah, we need to we need to be willing to listen to other people rather than looking for opportunities to defend what we think is right just like you were saying i think there's 
something uh, it's probably i'm sure it's human nature but i think also just within um the church um our church and also i know other evangelicalism um, and and fundamental religions just have this automatic reaction to want to defend what they yes. think that they know is right our automatic reaction is always to defend yes our idea rather than listening to somebody else in their experience and i you know i know i have certainly benefited in changing that reaction um yeah. i think that would go a long way if we could all do that yeah um i agree with you we do get hung up on differences you know i've learned that on some level you're exactly right we all believe in a little bit different way some people call that nuance it's it's just a matter of awareness whether a person is aware enough or not and like a great example of that is I've been a little more um perhaps aware of this lately I've been drawn to just eating way less meat I don't know why maybe it's I'm getting a little older I'm wanting to be more healthy I don't know but <laughs> it's really been kind of at the front of my mind how that is a part of the word of wisdom that often gets just, um, you know, in our faith, sorry, we have a health code. It's called the word of wisdom. And one of the lines says to eat meat very sparingly. And it hasn't ever stuck out to me quite so strongly before, but people in our faith eat a lot of meat. But then there's the topics of hot drinks and, you know, we don't need to get into all of that. But the point is, people do believe differently about that. And it's just a matter of awareness. And so you're spot on. We need to not do that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you're exactly right. And it's, it's like some certain things are okay to think about differently on, right. Um, or seem culturally acceptable to think about yes. differently on, and other things yes. um, just are not, you know, some, some, alternate viewpoints just seem to really not be tolerated culturally yes. in certain places. I know in, you know, I know it really varies from congregation to congregation, but yeah. And I, yeah, I just think that's, yeah, I think that's too bad. I know. Uh, yeah. And th this problem isn't new. I, um, you know, our schedule for studying the new Testament right now, we're in the middle of the epistle um, from Paul to the Romans, and mm -hmm. he's like he's tackling this same issue with them, where he's got Jews and Gentiles, and some want to follow the dietary laws, and others don't, and some want to worship on this day, and others want to worship on this day, and you know, and he's he writes this letter to them, and he's just like, knock it off, guys. <laughs> if Is you this? believe this, if yeah, if you if you believe this, that's great. Believe it and be firm in your belief, but don't tell this other person what they should believe. He, he yeah. says, um, be convinced in your own minds, I think, or something like that. Um, Romans chapter 14 is one of my favorite chapters of all of scripture because it's about this very thing. And he has this phrase mm -hmm. in there where he says, destroy not with meat one for whom Christ died. And I think about that verse all the time where we're trying to destroy or condemn somebody because they're, the way they understand and live the commandments is different from the way that we understand and live the commandments when <laughs> from from the very oh. beginning, um, Jesus Christ Himself, and then Paul and others have been trying to t have been telling us, knock it off. People yeah. people will believe things differently. What matters is the way we treat each other, the way we include each other, and we really just need to stop getting 
hung up on um, these differences. And for them back then, these these items that they were arguing about were a really big deal. Um, so yeah. I, it's it's not a new problem. We two thousand years, we still haven't figured it out. Um, Isn't that just so fascinating? Just yeah, the um, the parallels there are really yeah mind blowing. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel like if Paul was going to write us a letter today, it would be a lot like. Romans. So I've really enjoyed reading that. Can you, because you talk all about grace. And I know we talked about that a little that's, bit earlier. That's so. so true. Jeff, I could just talk on and on with you. Um, you have just such a beautiful spirit about you. Um, gosh, I have really looked forward to this, but I also know you, you have a life and you have your family to look forward to coming <laughs> tomorrow. There is one last question I like to ask all of my guests, and that is, what does it mean to you to live beyond the shadow of doubt? I really like that question. And I re I remember when when I first became aware of your podcast, as, and I, I'm sure a lot of people do, I first read it as um, beyond the shadow of a doubt. Yes, there's um, no little a there, <laughs> yep there's no little a and, and it sure makes a difference a, right it does it does it makes yeah. a huge difference because i remember first when i read that as the title of the podcast, i was like i don't know that that's really you know yeah. I, beyond the shadow of a doubt i'm not sure that's a conversation that i'm interested in right yeah. um, because that's a very different conversation than yes. beyond the shadow of doubt exactly um and um, so, so I, I really appreciate that. And I, I'm, I'm sure that that was very on purpose and I'm one of the slower people to understand that. But I, I think that's so powerful because there is such a shadow. Mm -hmm. we, we feel like doubt does cast a shadow um, mm -hmm. and, and that we, if, if we have doubts, we are in some kind of a shadow or there's something wrong or yes. we're just not having enough faith or we're just not reading right. our scriptures enough or praying enough or going to church enough or, you know, all of those things that honestly I thought to myself in my own head when I was trying to figure all of this out, um, you know, starting 10 years ago, um, you know, what's wrong with me? I'm just, I just must not be doing these things. And that's why I'm in this shadow of doubt. Um, yeah. Man, so what does it mean to, to live beyond the shadow of doubt? To me, it means, when I've been reading the New Testament lately, I've been changing the word faith for trust. Because I think so often the word faith comes with this baggage of we think that means you know to have faith means you have to do these certain things or you know belong to this religion or go to this church or you know some sometimes the word faith at least in my mind kind of brings a lot of that stuff with it which i don't think um, was the original intention and so i think about it more as trust and specifically trust in the promises from heavenly parents from jesus christ that um their mercy is for everybody mm -hmm. and yeah. that we 
we, I'm sorry, I'm searching for the right words. I clearly didn't think about this question enough. No, you are doing <laughs> fabulous. I think we worry so much about whether or not our lives and other people's lives is lining up with what we think that they should. Um, but I think for me, living beyond the shadow of doubt, I, I've, I try to stop doubting whether or not my life and other people's lives is in accordance with what God wants and instead trust that each person, myself included, has their own individualized path back to their heavenly parents. And your path is different than mine and our paths are different from everybody else's. They may inter intersect sometimes, they may go along with each other sometimes, but I just trust that everybody is on their individualized path back to their heavenly parents and that our heavenly parents, God knows best what each person needs, the best way to bring each person back to them. And I just trust that. Um, wow. I, I just trust that and I feel like that removes that removes the shadows. I don't need to worry about what anybody else tells me my journey needs to be. I only need to worry about with God what my journey needs to be. Um, and it will definitely look different than <laughs> probably everybody else's. Um, but if I'm confident um, that I'm doing my best to follow the path my other parents have for me, then then I, I I trust that and I feel like that takes me out of that shadow of doubt. You know, I that makes a lot of sense to me when you pair faith with trust. Because I see faith and doubt as, as two sides of the same coin. You can't have one without the other, right? And so to pair faith with trust in moving forward beyond that shadow of doubt, trusting that you're putting your trust in the highest place you can possibly put it. Yeah, just so beautiful. And and moving forward in trust, in trust and in faith. Yeah, so, so lovely. So many good things. Well, I have a few more questions that require one word answers. That's it. That just helps our listeners get to know you on the a little more familiar basis. I don't tell you about these in advance. I saw your eyes, okay. your eyebrows raise. <laughs> don't worry. Well, I was painless. just trying to, just they're trying painless. To I'm, not really, I'm not great at one word answers as, okay. as we've one or proven two. through just this podcast, but I will try answers. my best. Okay. <laughs> Do you have a favorite book? Yes. Okay. You can say more than just yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> or should yes. I keep it to one word? Pretty good. So, man, yeah. So here's here's my not here's my way more than um, okay one word answer. It's so hard for me to pick a favorite. There are so many books that have that have just moved me powerfully. One book that I read that is really one of those kind of forks in the road that you were talking about um, that really changed the way that I look at my faith. Um, that I just read a year ago. It's called A New Kind of Christianity by Brian McLaren. And he's written several others. Yes. Um, I read that it. are really good. And yeah. 
um, you know, another one I really like is um, "Do I Stay Christian?" But this this particular book by him, um, "A New Kind of Christianity," absolutely changed my life, probably more than probably more than any other book. I read it within a couple of days, and it was just it just opened a whole new world to me about how I could approach my faith and trust. So yeah, um, "A New Kind of Christianity" by Brian McLaren. Oh, that was a long answer. Sorry. That's fabulous. <laughs> no, that's great. Um, would you consider yourself an introvert or an extrovert? Introvert, um, for sure. I've learned to feign being an, I've, I've learned to pretend to be an extrovert because, um, you know, have to in some situations, but mm -hmm. I am not a, nope, I, I am an introvert for sure. I get that. <laughs> I totally get that. What about an artist? Do you have a favorite artist? Favorite artist, like painting or you you choose, you choose um, the genre. Mm -hmm. Oh man, I don't know. Um, there's, and I I know your listeners are able to hear on the podcast, but you, I know you can see behind me on Zoom. There's yeah. two pieces from um, Terra and Sage. Um, the one on my right is called um, "For God Is Love." And then I recently added this one on my left um, called Love at Home with the Big Rainbow. And I had to pick a favorite on artist, which I have not thought about. That would be it because those, um, her work has been really, really powerful for me personally. And also um, this God is Love painting, um, which is a, um, a painting of Jesus with his arms around two kids in rainbow clothing representing LGBTQ plus yeah. children. I displayed it every day of the first semester that I taught seminary. Um, right. And then for Christmas, we gave um, each of the kids a painting by this artist. And we just, we gave them lots of options. We didn't, we didn't, we intentionally didn't give them all this one because mm. I was well aware that there were some different viewpoints on certain things in our class. Um, but there were several members of our class that chose this one, um, mm. which means that it meant something to them. And yeah. I'm so incredibly, I'm so incredibly grateful to her for painting that piece so that I could display it and share it um, and that others could be moved by it as well. So picking a favorite on the spot, that would be it. That's a lovely story. And I would also point out that one of the kids is demonstrably, you know, a person of color and the other, I don't, I can't tell the ethnicity, but it's just great yeah. that it's showing diversity too. Yep. Yeah. We're very inclusive painting yeah yep um are you a night owl or a morning lark man i feel like it depends on the time of year i feel like in the winter i am a night owl and then in the summer when the sun comes up soon or sooner i am absolutely a morning person so there you go i guess i follow the sun i don't know do you do still or carbonated water or are you a diet soda fan uh, I am a diet soda person. Uh, <laughs> We're got, reluctant. got one right here. I know it's a vice. Um, yeah. Diet Mountain Dew. I can't. Yeah. Uh, no I, judgment. It's... No judgment. <laughs> okay. Do you have a celebrity crush? <laughs> oh man. Celebrity crush. Uh, oof, that's so I, so the most, the most recent one I remember commenting on, um, I was my, my wife and I and my brother and his wife were watching a movie with um, Dwayne The Rock Johnson and Ryan Reynolds. And I 
I admitted to having a man crush on the rock. So I guess um, I'll, I'll put that That's out awesome. there. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. That's a first. <laughs> I'm comfortable with myself. Good, um, good. Yeah, Do it. I go. thought you were going to say Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> He's my celebrity crush. That's funny. Yeah. Yeah, well, it was, yeah, I, I, that's I, great. Yeah, that's the last one I remember admitting to. So we'll go with that. <laughs> um, yeah, I remember that movie actually. And the furthest place that you have traveled? Um, Indonesia. Ooh, I had that's... the opportunity to go to Indonesia. Very yeah. Cool. Yeah. Um, it was incredible to experience imagine. Eastern culture um, and rituals and sacred places. I loved that. I bet it was so awesome. Well, um, if you're, if our listeners wanted to get in touch with you, what would be, you know, if they had questions or follow up, whatever, would your Instagram account? Yes, be the Instagram best? is probably easy. Yeah, it's ladder.day.stonecatchers um, on Instagram. Um, okay. um, yes, that's, I'm most active there. I'm trying to do Facebook because I know some people like to share things on Facebook who aren't on Instagram. Um, but I'm definitely more active on Instagram. Um, also, the Latter-day Stonecatchers podcast. We try to follow the Come Follow Me curriculum um, and take a loving and inclusive approach. Because um, I know too often um, Sunday school can't, um, doesn't always feel safe. Um, and so I want to give a loving and inclusive lens to the scriptures because I think that that's what they're all about anyway. So it's pretty easy, actually. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, Instagram is probably the best. Awesome. It has been a pleasure to have you and to get to know you and have this chat. Can I tell you one more story? Because I, I wanted to mention, and it goes specifically along with your podcast. Um, and I'm sorry for extending here. No, 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 no. Talk. And tell it's, me. it's only because, so on Sunday, a former seminary student, uh, um, and I say former because I won't be teaching in this year, which is, really a bummer um but she emailed me um or she spoke in church on sunday and um, she's in a different ward but it's the same building so we were able to go and listen to her we my brother and i were able to go listen mm -hmm. to her speak and i was and i this stuck out to me because i knew um, the name of your podcast and that we were going to be talking today but she shared a story from seminary where we talked about um, the woman taken in adultery and how you know they these people condemned her and wanted to stone her and said that that's what the law said and of course we know jesus responses he who's without sin among you let him first cast a stone at her and so we talked about how important it is to be stone catchers um you know we talked about that quote from elder renland and things like that and this individual in the class and she told the story raised her hand and said well if jesus wouldn't want the people to do that why would he give that as the law in Leviticus anyway, or, or, you know, why would he give that law in the Old Testament? And then when he's here on earth, be like, no, actually don't do that. And um, since it, and so I have my own personal beliefs about that, which, you know, I get to in a second, but it being a church setting, yeah. I wanted to yeah. make sure that I was not sharing anything that specifically went against what the church might teach. But I just said, I don't know. I think there's a lot of explanations, potential explanations. Maybe people misunderstood. Um, maybe, yeah. um, maybe that's maybe that wasn't the original intention. I mean, really, I was trying to figure out because in my head, I'm thinking, 
well, I don't think that that law came from God, but I didn't feel like that's what I could say in that setting. Uh-huh, right. But but she mentioned how she loved that. My first response was, I don't know. Yeah. And that that was so powerful to her because so often up until that time, she felt like she had to have all the answers all the time. But she really appreciated that I just said, I don't know, it could be this, could be that, or it could be none of those. And maybe you'll figure out what the answer actually is, or maybe not. And so I thought about that a lot, how the most, one of the most powerful things, according to her, that I shared, in, at least in her seminar experience, was me saying, I don't know. And I love that. And that just comes back to the whole, I that love that you want perfect. to normalize having doubt, right? Because too often we're afraid to say that. When really there's probably a bunch of people in the room that would love to hear us say, I don't know, or I'm struggling with this or whatever. So I I really appreciated her sharing that story from seminary. So there's a lot of things that I don't know. And thank you so much for sharing that here. I would venture to say there's a lot more that we don't know than we do know. And so how about we just talk about it like the finite beings we are for now you know with i, I totally agree i know understandings and all of that yep i know a lot less now than i did 10 years ago that's for sure yeah, I, <laughs> I, I know of, i know a few things now i know that should love our neighbor that's what i know i agree so so much what a great story what a great conversation you are just a beautiful person thank you for being and doing who you are and what you do. Thank you. I, I really appreciated it as well. So thank you for what you do um, and for who you are. Yeah, sure thing. Beginning October 5th, the Dallas Hope Charities Collective Hope Coalition will be hosting their first ever book club and wrap up in November in honor of Hunger and Homelessness Awareness Week, November 13th through the 18th. Every week, we'll be discussing Dr. Brandon Andrew Robinson's book, Coming Out to the Streets, and how the book ties in to the Dallas Hope Charity's fight to end hopelessness. It begins Thursday, October 5th, and goes through Thursday, November 16th at 12 Central Time, and it will be through Google Meets. If you would like more information, please send an email to chc at dallashopecharities.org. Books can be purchased on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, UC Press, or through used bookstores. If cost is a barrier, please reach out Uh, for alternative options. Note that the book contains uncensored accounts from LGBTQIA plus youth who have experienced homelessness, which may be triggering for some. So we encourage everyone to engage with the book at their comfort level. Subject matter includes language, self-harm, suicide, homophobia, transphobia, abuse, verbal and physical, drug use, sexual assault, bullying, and police brutality. Come join me in Hopeful Spaces, a Dallas Hope Charities component of Hopeful Discussions, which is sponsored by Mercedes-Benz Financial Services USA. Hopeful Spaces is a monthly parent, caregiver, and ally support group facilitated by Megan Skidmore Coaching. To join is free. Simply send an email to chc at dallashopecharities.org.
visit meganskidmorecoaching.com where you can find this podcast as well as additional free resources. Check the podcast show notes on any platform for links to sources cited. Follow me on Facebook or Instagram for more and to send me a DM. To help the podcast grow, please follow, rate, and review, as well as share it with a friend. Beyond the Shadow of Doubt is a proud member of the Dialogue Podcast Network, which is a part of the Dialogue Journal found at dialoguejournal.com forward slash podcast network. Founder Eugene England was a Mormon writer, teacher, and scholar who wrote, My faith encourages my curiosity and awe. It thrusts me out into relationship with all creation and encourages me to enter into dialogue. My hope is that this podcast is an extension of that vision. Thanks for being here. Until next time.